3: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: you're listening to football full circle with joe lisi and ben stevens It's a Football Friday live right here on FFC.
4: Football full circle, all a part of the Sports Grid Radio Network. He is the mastermind of the pigskin. That is Joe Lisi. I am Ben Stevens. Lisi Guy, week number three of the NFL season now underway. Thursday night in Santa Clara between the San Francisco 49ers and the New York Giants. We'll recap the first game of week number three. We'll set up the Sunday slate. And of course, Joe, week number four of this college football season is as good as you will find not only this year in 2023 but for the past five years in the sport of CFP Lisey so much to get to nobody I'd rather be rocking with on this football Friday I'm football full circle
5: Oh, this is really what it's all about, Ben. I mean, on the college football side, like you said, the best slate that we've seen potentially in the last seven or eight years. I mean, it's top 25 battles from top to bottom doesn't really get better than that. And we saw a little bit of a taste about potentially week three in the NFL, right? Two NFC teams, Daniel Jones and the Giants squaring off against potentially the best team in the conference in terms of the San Francisco 49ers. And all San Fran did was just dominate that giants offense and wear down their defense in the second half and route to a double digit win Yep,
4: 30-12, the final last night in Santa Clara, the home debut for Brock Purdy and the 49ers in 2023. And Joe, San Francisco is the first team this year to reach 3-0, oh, a perfect unbeaten start through three games for Sam Fran. Kyle Shanahan and his team, Joe, have scored 30 points in each of the opening three games this year, all three victories, of course. And last night, the Niners were dominant. They win 30-12, to 12, Joe, covering as a 10 in a half point favorite the total that closed at 43 and a half stays under because that Giants offense Joe banged up last night no Saquon Barkley he confirmed to Amazon's Taylor Rooks before the game it is a high ankle sprain but he does not rule out a return next Monday night back at home in MetLife for Big Blue against the Seattle Seahawks but no Saquon Barkley no Andrew Thomas a banged up offensive line the defensive front for San Francisco took advantage the offense without Saquon Joe for Brian Dayball and and company looked rather stagnant and the San Francisco 49ers looked dominant on the other side offensively and explosive as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience on Sirius XM Channel 159. 159 is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. But Joe, the San Francisco 49ers a perfect 3-0 covering as a 10.5 point favorite against the New York Giants on Thursday Night Football.
5: Yeah, and it was Brock Purdy through the air, right? 310 yards uh, through the air. Two touchdowns yeah. nowhere interceptions Christian McCaffrey and the rushing attack took over and when you hold Daniel Jones and that offense to 137 passing yards 2.6 yards per carry Ben, most likely you're going to win that ball game right I mean at the end of the day the Giants needed a better effort out of Daniel Jones in the passing game I thought potentially we might see the more of what happened and transpired in terms of the second half against the Arizona Cardinals they did that for a drive or two in the first half but the consistency was not there in terms of the offensive line poor decisions in the second half and again that giant defense as good as they basically played in the first half when your offense is handing over a short field to the San Francisco 49ers very difficult to really win that type of ball game on the road and when your
4: offense is doing nothing to contain or hold on to the football even, Joe. That time of possession battle was ridiculous last night in Santa Clara. The Niners, Joe, ran 76 offensive plays as compared to 44 for the New York Giants. It was dominance throughout the game and even the game flow. The New York Giants had a non-existent rushing attack last night. Matt Breida leading the way, but four carries for 17 yards. As a team, Joe, 11 a attempts for 29 yards. Daniel Jones that had 43 or more yards in each of the first two games for the Giants on the ground. Two attempts, for five yards last night. Looked hesitant to run even when there seemed to be some green grass ahead. And San Francisco did a great job, Joe. Any time there seemed to be a little bit of open space for Danny Dimes, a defender, a spy, was quickly crashing for the 49ers. But, Joe, on the other side, you mentioned Brock Purdy. 310 yards, two passing scores. Early on, though, Joe, first quarter and a half, he didn't necessarily look all that efficient, all that clean. No turnovers once again for Brock brock purdy but still joe it looked like a little bit shaky in that (laughs) offense early on is this the quarterback to distribute the football to all of the wildly talented offensive playmakers that san francisco has and then at the end of the day you hit refresh on the box score he throws for 310 (laughs) and two scores and plays clean efficient football once again
5: Yeah, I think if there's a silver lining in last night's game, it was the defense led by Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator. They played phenomenal in terms of the red zone, I thought, even though they gave up 30 points, especially in the first half. And they sort of showed a recipe about how to pressure Brock Purdy. A lot of pressure off the edge, a lot of safety blitzes at particular times that made them a little bit rattled. And that's maybe a big picture about how to attack the San Francisco 49ers from a defensive perspective so I actually thought the Giants defense even though they lost the game didn't play all that bad and they had a pretty good effort forcing San Francisco to work down the field they minimized chunk plays as well but at the end of the day Brock Purdy battle tested yet again did not turn the football over and found a way to pull out the victory at home Ben. You saw that offense on full display. Christian McCaffrey, 119
4: total yards, 85 on the ground. His 12th consecutive game finding Pater. Debo Samuel scored as well. Six grabs, 129 yards on 12 targets, Joe, and a touchdown. It looked like at times when Samuel hit the open field, it wasn't even that open, but he was bringing Giants defenders along for the ride or making those would-be tacklers miss. And George Kittle, welcome back to the Offensive production. Seven grabs, nine targets, 90 yards for the tight end. Did not find Pater Joe as I thought he might, but still a big contribution. And all those offensive pieces on full display for San Francisco last evening.
5: Yeah, and it allowed them to convert huge third downs. You mentioned Debo Samuel. There was a critical third down in the second quarter of that ball game. Bubble screen. He turns a two-yard gain into an 18-yard gain, right, because of his elusiveness and athleticism. And George Kittle as well. When your wide receivers are double-teamed, what's your security blanket? Not just for young quarterbacks, but even veteran quarterbacks like Pat Mahomes to check down to George Kittle on the tight ends. That's where you need to have success, and they did that last night. Again, it was an ex- a perfectly executed game plan. They were very patient out of the San Francisco 49ers. They waited their opportunity, and then in the second half when they got it, they exploded for touchdowns, and that's what you want to see out of a yeah. contender in terms of the San Fran offense last night.
4: 30 points in all three wins now for San Francisco, a perfect 3-0, and and Joe, the 49ers now booked as the favorites to win the NFC. They moved in front of the eagles after week number one in the impressive outing on the road in pittsburgh plus 290 joe quickly here do the niners look like the favorite in the nfc to you well
5: th- right now they do but i think head to head i still will give the inside edge to the eagles because of the athleticism on the offensive side of the ball Ben, we'll see philly
4: on monday night on the road in tampa bay we'll look at the sunday slate all around the national football league up next on football full circle
2: You're listening
1: to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens.
4: We are live right here on Football Full Circle. It is FFC on a football Friday, setting the stage for week number three in the Sunday slate in the NFL and then a little bit later on, week number four, a separation type significant Saturday in college football. All right, Lisi, let's go through the slate that we have on Sunday. I think one of the most intriguing games that is out there. The Chargers and the Vikings. Could it be Lisey Guy in an elimination game on Sunday? Now, I know what everybody's thinking. Ben, elimination game. There's been two games played so far. This is week number three. But both of these playoff teams, Joe, from a season ago, are winless 0-2 this year. Since 2000, 99 teams have started off the year in the NFL 0-3. Only one Joe has ever made the postseason, the 2018 Houston Texans So without a tie, yes, Joe, it might be an elimination game in the Twin Cities on Sunday.
5: Yeah, and two quarterbacks that are potentially a little bit on the hot seat, right? Even though they put up numbers, Justin Herbert and Kirk Cousins, their teams are 0 2 and backs against the wall. These were two teams that were potentially slotted, not just as wild card uh, contenders, right? But potentially, you know, to win the division in terms of the AFC West and to challenge Kansas City and obviously in terms of the NFC North. And they come right out of the gate, inconsistent on the defensive side of the ball. I think the Chargers have shown shown a little more consistency in terms of the the offense they're a little more balanced but at the end of the day can they run the football on this front seven in terms of Minneapolis and Minnesota we'll see I give the inside edge to the Vikings just because they are at home Ben I believe in Justin Jefferson I believe in Kirk Cousins and the rushing attack of Madison a little bit more than I do Stanley and Justin Herbert
4: So I think it's really interesting, Joe, because the Minnesota Vikings have only run the football for 69 yards so far this year, in total, in two games. They have thrown the football on 78% of their offensive plays. Kirk Cousins has attempted 44 passes each of the first two for Minnesota, and the Chargers have the worst passing defense currently in the National Football League, giving up more than 322 yards per game on average. Now, I know a lot of people would say Miami had 466 with Tua Tungvalon, a week number one against the Bolts that's your average right there Ryan Tannehill Joe threw for 246 last week against LA with an average attempt of more than 10 yards per pass that on the bell curve is incredibly incredibly high for Ryan Tannehill so Kirk Cousins prop reflects that 293 and a half but Joe what is so fascinating about both of these teams now Herbert of course was paid this offseason he's not going anywhere but the stats he puts up need to be met by success and wins and big spots. And if they start 0-3, Joe, you would think that might keep them from the postseason. Both playoff teams last year, both winless, both have lost both of their games, Joe, in one score affairs. Last year, the Chargers played 13 of their 18 games decided by a single score. Minnesota, of course, 11 of their 13 wins by a single score. And Joe, both teams have lost both of their games this year by just one score. I think it's going to be as tight as those odds say for Sunday in Minneapolis.
5: Yeah, I could see this going right down to the fourth quarter. I think that the problem is that whichever team does lose this game, you got to worry about them imploding for the rest of the regular season. Do they all of a sudden, they just like all of a sudden lose their intensity? That's something to monitor, I think, after this game. They're going to give it everything they have, right? When you start 0-2 with a 17-game season, you Need to win this third ball game of the season to give you a shot. Um- I know what you're saying about O'Connell, and I agree with that. I think in a big spot, especially last year in the playoff loss to the New York Giants, he didn't utilize Dalvin Cook, didn't utilize the rushing attack enough. But at the end of the day, we know how you have to attack L.A. It is through the over the top, right? We saw last week Tannehill do it. We saw Tua do it, do uh, week one with a 466-yard performance. To me, that's all Jordan Addison. That's all Justin Jefferson, and that's all Kirk Cousins. That goes right into their strength as as an offense. And the fact that they're playing at home, Ben, that's why I give the inside edge to O'Connell and the crew. Yeah,
4: I agree, Joe. We'll see how Cam Akers is involved, if at all, on Sunday. Elsewhere, Joe, another game for the Tennessee Titans, another spread right around that key number of three. The Titans, a a three-and-a-half-point dog on the road in Cleveland against the Browns, a small total at 39-and-a-half. Lisey Guy, what's the
5: thought? I, I, I'm all in on the Browns here. I, again, for me, I, th- I think this is a bounce-back spot. I, they're laying three and a half. I understand Nick Chubb is out, but Jerome Ford and obviously now Kareem Hunt being signed to that offense. I don't have problems with the rushing attack. I do have problems with them being more aggressive in terms of challenging teams. I didn't think they were very aggressive in terms of Deshaun Watson in the passing game, even though we turned the football over first play of the game. This is a guy making 200, what, 100? Hundred eighty million dollars a year, two eighty, whatever the guaranteed money was. You got to put the ball in his hands. You got to involve Donovan, Peoples, Jones, Elijah Moore. I think they bounce back in a big way. I know it's Derrick Henry and Mike Vrabel, and they look like this side. But I think this is a dominant double-digit win by Cleveland in terms of a bounce-back spot here after the Monday night loss.
4: I'm concerned, Joe. Deshaun Watson is being mediocre. Maybe that's too harsh on the term mediocre. Deshaun he's Watson average. has been He's
5: average right now. I
4: think he's below average, frankly. He's got a completion percentage this year of 55.1%. Last year in the 6 game sample size it was 58%. He's averaging a buck 84 through the air last year, not much better this season. He's thrown a touch, he's thrown an interception in every game so far this year. 8 touchdowns to 7 picks in his 8 games now as a Cleveland Browns quarterback. I would be concerned, Joe, if I am Cleveland and what that offense looks like because we can't just turn to Deshaun Watson now to steady this ship. I'll tell you where I go, Joe. The under, 39 and a half. Tennessee, since the start of last year, has played 13 of their 19 games to the under. The Titans, Joe, are a team that I think still struggles offensively, and I'm not really sure how the offense is created just yet. Under 39 and a half is my look. Lisi Guy, it's been 14 consecutive games since the Jets have beaten the New England Patriots. The last win four game green against the Patriots was back in December of 2015. 39 and a half is a low total. That's what we discussed for Browns and Titans. 36 and a half, Joe, is the number here between the Pats and the Jets. It's the lowest number of the weekend.
5: Yeah, and this is one of my best bets. I'm closing my eyes. I'm taking the New York Jets. It's not a backing of Zach Wilson. It's not a backing of me loving the Jets, but I do feel they have more playmakers than the Patriots. I know Belichick has owned them, but I think they're completely one-dimensional. The fact that they're going to go into this game running the football with Zeke Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson that got held in check last week, I'm not sold. I'm not sold on the wideouts. I'm not sold on the passing game with Mac Jones, and I'll say it again I think they're regressing severely under Bill Belichick this year that's why I'm taking the Jets in the mild upset I know all the numbers favor New England but give me the Jets because of their offensive speed
4: wow I would be interested, Joe, to see Zach Wilson in this matchup against Bill Belichick and think that Zach Wilson gets the better of him. I continue with the trend. The Patriots have won 14 straight, and yeah, a lot of that was under Tom Brady. They had divisional dominance over everybody in the AFC East. But since 2020, Joe, in the post-Tom Brady era, of course, the Pats have won 14 straight Have won all six by an average margin of 15 points per game. I believe New England continues the trend they make it 15 straight the Patriots get their first win of the year and they will cover as a short two and a half point favorite how about another AFC East team Joe Lisi the Buffalo Bills a six and a half point favorite on the road in Washington do you think the Bills can cover as nearly a touchdown
5: favorite I think they can, but any time teams, AFC teams play in Washington it seems like they struggle, I think the Bills win. But I think Washington could be inside the number, Ben. But I do feel it's a high-scoring affair.
4: I would think so, Joe. I think the offense looks good under Beanie. 43 and a half is that number. Sam Howell threw for nearly 300 yards a weekend ago. We're back on FFC with more NFL previews for the Sunday Slate Week. Number three, next.
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. Or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with durable colors that last all season with bare premium plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get
2: more done. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar.
1: You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. Week
4: number three of the NFL season is already underway. 13 games on Sunday. Sunday night football in Las Vegas between the Raiders and Steelers. We'll talk about it in just a moment. But, Joe, 12 games through the afternoon slate. Three in the late afternoon window. Nine in the early window. So we keep firing through that early window. The Jacksonville Jaguars, Joe, an eight-and-a-half point favorite against the Houston Texans. They're not the only eight-and-a-half point favorite against an AFC South team on Sunday. The Ravens also an 8.5 point favorite against the Indianapolis Colts in Baltimore. Joe, of those 8.5 point favorites against AFC South teams of course Jacksonville in division against the Texans, who do
5: you think wins by a bigger margin on Sunday? Oh, that's a tough one. You know what? I would say Jacksonville. Uh, I think that's and that's one of my favorite games of the weekend in regards to best bets. I love the over in that ball game. I think that Jacksonville dominates Houston from start to finish. They played very well, I thought, in terms of the first half of that matchup against Kansas City. Missed opportunities. They had an opportunity in the fourth quarter to potentially tie the game inside the thirty-yard line, could not convert. And at the end of the day, I think they're up against it from a defensive perspective, Houston going up against that offense with Trevor Lawrence. That being said, I was very impressed with C.J. Stroud last week, 384 through the air. He's lighting it up. Those playmakers that are around him. again, I think Jacksonville is the side. I think they win this ballgame convincingly. They're the much more complete team, anywhere from 14 to 17 points. But I think this game gets into the 50s, Ben. Yeah, Joe, there's some
4: weird things, right, that happen in the AFC South, the very long-standing trouble the Colts have had in Duval County. Up until last year, Joe, that was the case for the Jags against the Texans. Jacksonville had lost nine straight games against Houston before the second-to-last regular season game, the opening weekend of January in 2023. But the 2022 campaign, and the Jags won to snap that nine-game skid in Houston 31-35. Three. I still think, Joe, Jacksonville is looking to make that statement. They did win by double digits against the Colts week number one, but it wasn't an easy double-digit cruise. And last week, they thought they had this golden opportunity at home. The defense was great against Kansas City. The offense only scored nine points, no touchdowns, and they lost 17-9. to nine. I think Jacksonville's on the right side. But Baltimore, Joe, in their only game as a touchdown or more favorite this year, also against an AFC South foe, the those Houston Texans, they did win 25 to nine, covering as an eight and a half point favorite. Quickly, I just want to highlight what Lamar Jackson has done so far this year: 24, 33, 237, and two touchdowns last week on the road in Cincy. 12 carries for 54 yards. Also had 38 rushing yards against the Texans. He was the leading rusher in that game. A 74.5 percent completion percentage, Joe, so far this year for Lamar. It's second best in the NFL. I think there's this weird misnomer out there, Joe, that because because Lamar's not putting up 350-yard passing games, and he's not a good quarterback, not a good thrower of the football. You will find few throwers of the football in the NFL as efficient and careful with it as Lamar Jackson is. Only one double-digit INT season, now in his sixth year in the National Football League, Joe. So did want to highlight that for Lamar Jackson in this game.
5: Yeah, I mean, again, he's efficient, hasn't had to do a whole lot in regards to you know, just lighting it up because the rushing attack has done well, the defense has forced turnovers, and at the end of the day, he's playing well within the scheme. I mean, he's completing over 70% of his passes. What more do you want? You don't want to see him all of a sudden take big hits in terms of the rushing attack as well. So I think they're doing a pretty good job of watching out for Lamar Jackson in terms of making sure that he's there in terms of week 17 as opposed to losing them again before the month of November. And at the end of the day, that was a gutty win on the road in a very difficult environment. Now granted, maybe Joe Burrow and that offense aren't the same, but to go in there, get the victory with as many injuries as they had been, that was a quality win. Divisional opponent, you pick it up, and now you move on to face another AFC opponent in Indy with a backup quarterback, even though he's a starter in this league years ago, Gardner Minshew, you should be able to win this ballgame.
4: Anthony Richardson still in concussion protocol. What Joe is referencing is Gardner more than likely in place to get the start in Baltimore on Sunday. Joe, a really good point about the Ravens. One of two unbeaten teams left in the AFC. A perfect 2-0. The only undefeated side in the AFC North. Joe, the other perfect 2-0 team in the AFC? You bet it. Miami, the Dolphins, a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Going to South Beach, Joe, for the first time this year. The Dolphins have been impressive. Two wins on the road to start off their season. They welcome in the Broncos, who have been the opposite of impressive. Two losses at home on the road for the first time this year. Booked as an underdog for the first time this year. Joe, the Dolphins, a near-touchdown favorite in Miami on Sunday. Will the Finns cover?
5: Yeah, this, I told you in the break, this is the, the most intriguing game of the day, not just because I'm a Dolphin fan, but I want to see what you get out of the Denver Broncos. Backs against the wall, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, the way they lost that ball game, again, in terms of at home, two losses you lose to basically a rookie quarterback second year in terms of Sam Howell. You can nail afford a bad performance, but Miami, they can throw it, and if they can run it the way they did against New England, a buck 41, in terms of Mostert, big picture, Ben, they're looking like a potential Super Bowl contender, right? As long as Tua can stay healthy. So, one of the most intriguing games of the day. I believe in McDaniel. I don't believe in Sean Payton and the chemistry of the Denver Broncos. Going on the road, it's a potential look-ahead for Miami, but I think they do cover this number. I think they're the more complete team, and they're playing like a unit as opposed to the Denver Broncos right now. Yeah,
4: Joe, I think it's a really good point. I think we could look back on this Sunday in South Beach and say, wow, that was a discount. The Dolphins laying less than a touchdown against the Broncos, but it is a big week four on the horizon for Miami against Buffalo in Buffalo. A three and a half point underdog, but I expect all the focus to be here. Their home debut in Miami. Of course, when you talk about Tua Tungavailoa, you must mention the pass prop, 268 and a half. The receiving yards number four, Tyreek Hill, 88 and a hook. Jalen Waddell in concussion protocol, but if he plays, Joe, he has been big going over his receiving yards prop each of the first two games for the Finns this season. Elsewhere in that early window, Joe, a couple of tight games. The Packers a point and a half favorite in Green Bay, the home opener in Lambeau this year against New Orleans in another NFC North, NFC South showdown. The Falcons unbeaten 2-0 like the Saints are as well. And Detroit a three point favorite at home in their second game in the Motor City against the Dirty Birds. Joe, two NFC North, NFC South games between the two teams that have the two best odds in those respective divisions. What do you think we see? Detroit, Atlanta, Green Bay, New Orleans.
5: Uh, I lean to Detroit in this battle, and I know Atlanta's a you know a, a public bet team, and B. John stepped up with a buck 27, but Goff is a much better quarterback, uh, especially at home than Des Ritter, and that's Deseret is going to have to light it up, I think, against Detroit to pull out that victory. I I think Detroit will shut down the run. I like the Lions in that ballgame. I lean to Green Bay, but this is tough for Jordan Love going up against that defense in terms of Dennis Allen and the crew. Derek Carr, not all that great, but they get the victory on Monday night. For argument's sake, I'll lean Green Bay, but I do feel that's an over in in regards to that matchup. Don't like the Detroit over. think that game could trend to the under, but like the over mm-hmm. in Green Bay, Ben. Yeah, the Saints' leasy
4: guy have played 11 of their last 12 games to an under. It's been that defense, a dominant defense that has really kept the pace for New Orleans this year and even last year. We haven't seen a ton out of this Saints' offense and running back concerns. No Jamal Williams, but keep an eye on Ken Miller, the former TCU back, a guy Joe and I know very, very well. I'll be interested, Joe, to see what Jordan Love does against the best defense he has faced so far. Three touchdowns down passes in each of his first two games, zero interceptions. He is one of four quarterbacks Joe in the last decade in the NFL to start a season with at least three passing touchdowns in both of his first two games and zero interceptions in that span. The other guys, Mahomes in 18 and 19, Brady in 2015 and Peyton Manning in 2014. This is a big test though against New Orleans. All right, Joe, now to that late afternoon slate. What a week it has been in the Windy City. The Chiefs and the Bears, Joe. And it doesn't look like things are going to get all that much better for Chicago. A 12-and-a-half-point underdog, Joe, in Kansas City. But I know you think the Bears are live. Why?
5: I'm not, I'm not a scared, Ben. I'm taking the oh, Bears yeah. with the 12-and-a-half and Justin Fields. That's it. Fast and loose. Fast and loose. We're going to play fast and loose. I don't care about Allen Williams stepping down. I don't care that he called out the offensive staff. At the end of the day, I think they're going to be in striking distance. Again, have we seen a four-quarter effort out of the Kansas City Chiefs so far? No. For game one, they were inconsistent. Game two, they were inconsistent. Even though they turned it on in the second half against Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, that offense sputtered in the first half with yep. with Travis Kelsey back. So at the end of the day, I think the Bears can open it up. Listen, you have nothing to lose. You're 12-and-a-half point dogs. And here's the other thing, too. Why is the total 48 and a half? I mean, Kansas City, 17 and 20 in the first two games. We know what the Bears get. We're expecting 48 points. I don't know. That seems odd to me, but give me the Bears plus the points, and I'm going to take the over in that matchup. Lacey Guy, I think the reason we are seeing
4: a high total is because the Bears were the worst scoring defense in the NFL last year. The Bears are the second worst scoring defense in the National Football League this year, giving up more than 32 points per game to start. And Alan Williams, the defensive coordinator, just offered up his resignation, all part of a wild week in the Windy City. Two more NFL games to break down for the Sunday slate before the rest of the show is week number four of college football. In the Saturday schedule, that's up next on FL.
3: FC. SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, 24/7, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at 28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the bear Exclusive Color Arrowhead Lake. Or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with durable colors that last all season with bare premium plus paint starting at
2: $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar.
1: You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. We're back
4: live right here on FFC. We're going to finish out the NFL Sunday slate, and then our attention is week four of the college football season. All right, Lisey, two more games to get to. We mentioned the 12-and-a-half-point spread in favor of Kansas City at home against the Chicago Bears. There's also a 12-and-a-half-point number for the Dallas Cowboys on the road in the desert against the Arizona Cardinals. Quickly, Joe, before the game, bad news for the boys yesterday. Trayvon Diggs suffering a torn ACL at practice. You hate to see things like that. He is going to miss the remainder of this year, Joe, for what has been the most dominant defense so far in Dallas.
5: Yeah, again, big blow to the secondary long-term. But in this ball game against Arizona, I don't think the, the Cowboys' offense or defense misses a beat. I think they absolutely dominate Arizona. We saw the second half collapse against the New York Giants. Again, I don't see James Conner getting 70 or 80 yards on that front seven like he did last week against the New York Giants. I think Dallas absolutely blows them out 20-plus on the road in Arizona Saturday afternoon. Yeah, 14 14- and and a
4: half the team total for the Cardinals no Dallas opponent has scored more than 10 points so far this year of course the Giants shut out the Jets only 10 last week I don't think the Cardinals are markedly better than either of those offenses that would be my look in this football game the Cowboys have 10 sacks this year they've already forced five interceptions Trey Diggs had one of them they will miss him the rest of this year but still going to be a dominant defense Lacey I swear to you earlier this week I looked at Sunday Night Football Las Vegas Vegas and Pittsburgh out in the desert at Allegiant Stadium. And the Raiders were the underdog. And then I went back starting to do prep for the show yesterday. And the Steelers were the underdog, getting two and a half points. What am I missing here, Joe? Why is Pittsburgh the dog on the road against the Raiders?
5: Well, I think part of it is, you know, not the same offense, right? A little inconsistent with the rushing attack and Najee Harris. Jalen Warren has looked good. And and what about the evolution and progression of Kenny Pickett? Fans calling for Matt Canada to be fired. Mike Tomlin answering those questions. At the end of the day, defense stepped up, got you the win in terms of Monday night over a divisional opponent. Now you're on the road the, the raiders got absolutely kicked in the chops by Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills so this is a tough battle i mean i it's basically in my opinion a coin flip because it wouldn't shock me if either team wins it but i'm going to lean to the raiders at home i just think their ability to run it i like i like the quarterback position in quarterback battle of Garoppolo over Kenny Pickett Pickett on the road give me the raiders I, this is a game i'm not betting meaning maybe pre-kick but I'm I'll watch it from the in-game perspective but early on I lean to the Raiders. I lean to the Pittsburgh Steelers. 52-31-5 and
4: against the spread as an underdog since 2007 under Mike Tomlin. They have won 43 of their 88 games as an underdog outright. That's even more impressive than the better covering percentage against the spread. The best in the NFL as an underdog in that span. And one of those covers and one of those outright wins was last Monday at home against the Browns. Now, I don't really know what's happening with Matt Canada and this Steelers offense. I'm with Yins out. There, All the Pittsburgh Steelers fans that are chanting fire, Matt, Canada, fire, Matt, Canada, and probably some other obscenities. I don't really love what he's doing with this offense that I think has some young and talented playmakers on it. But the defense is the reason for me, Joe, that I think the Steelers win this game. I haven't been inspired by what I've seen offensively out of Jimmy Garoppolo or Josh McDaniels or this Raiders offense at this moment. Give me the Steelers outright plus 116 on the money line. All right, Lacey, that was fun right NFL Sunday great times week number three there is nothing better than week number four in the Saturday slate in college football six ranked versus ranked matchups only the second time Joe that has happened on a single Saturday since November of 2017 that is how good and how significant this Saturday is going to be so Lisi without further ado we go in chronological order through those top 25 tilts but we'll start with a game Joe that's not ranked versus ranked, although Clemson is technically 26th because they're receiving the most votes outside of the top 25 in the AP poll. The Tigers, a a one-and-a-half-point underdog at home, Joe, in Death Valley against fourth-ranked Florida State. Clemson under Dabo Sweeney. He became a full-time head coach. His first full season was 2009. Have only been booked as a home dog, Joe, in Clemson seven times. Are they going to make good on that plus-money price on the money line plus 110 and went outright?
5: I think they do. 54-2 and straight up since 2015 at home in Death Valley. Again, I believe more in the Clemson defense at home than I do Jordan Travis on the road. It's not a knock about Florida State. They're deserving of being ranked fourth nationally. I just think Clemson's defense steps up. 29% third-down defense and holding opposing offenses to only three yards per carry. I'll take a shot with Cade Klubnick and the crew at home and think that Dabo is better than Norvell in this spot. Yeah, listen, Lisey Guy, I am worried about the inadequacy
4: of this Clemson offense against the Florida State defense that I believe in, albeit Thomas Castellanos took them to town last week in Chestnut Hill, combining for nearly 400 yards of total offense. Kate Klubnick better be watching Castellanos and what (laughs) BC did offensively and not their game tape week number one against Duke. I'm going to stay away. I agree with the line movement. I think it's going to be super, super close. I give the edge to Florida State, but not enough that I would bet this football game. I might look at a Jordan Travis rushing yards prop. All right, Joe, that game, noon Eastern, the kick. What a 3.30 p.m. Eastern time window we have. A top 15 tilt in Tuscaloosa. It's 13th ranked Alabama and number 15 Ole Miss, Joe. If there was ever an opportunity for Lane Kiffin to back up the talk and take out his former boss in Nick Saban, might this be the year the Crimson Tide booked as a seven-point favorite. Lisey, who are you going with Saturday and Brian Denny?
5: Well, numbers suggest Alabama seven straight by 27.5 points per game, but I got two words for you, Ben. Jackson, Dart. That's the difference. <laughs> Jackson, thought. I think he's got the potential to put pressure on Alabama's defense on the perimeter. Stepped up last week, a buck thirty-six on the ground, 9.1 yards per carry, and and more importantly, two tutties. Battle tested. He's more yeah. consistent than Jalen Milrow. Even though Milro deserves the job, I think the upset special. We stick the fork right in Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. We hand them their second loss at home this year here almost outright. I mean, listen, it would be a fork,
4: Lisey. It would truly be a fork. Alabama has not lost multiple home games in a season since Nick's first at the helm. That was back in 2007. They had never suffered a double-digit home loss at home under Nick Saban in the 17 years he has been the head ball coach. They had one week number two against Texas. Now, Steve Sarkeesian did what only two others had done at the time, Joe, and knocked off his former boss in Nick Saban. I think Lane's thinking, damn so Sark, you couldn't get me this one? Because I'm not sure Alabama loses twice at home in the same year. Could it be within that touchdown? Sure. But I said it on T-E-L, Joe. I will say it here. If Tommy Reese as much takes a sip of water, let alone a breath of air, Joe, Nick Saban is going to be there. Tommy Reese gets up to take a piss. Nick Saban is going to be there. They are orchestrating a scheme that I think has to benefit Jalen Milrow and all that he can do athletically at the quarterback system to take advantage of Ole Miss defensively. It has to happen. We will see if it happens. Loves a look, by the way, at Jackson Darts rushing yards prop, Joe. 44 and a half, 14 carries each of the past two weeks for the running Rebs quarterback. Now, Joe, the rest of the 3.30 p.m. Eastern time slate. Two ranked versus ranked. Packed. 12 matchups. We start where all the eyeballs are going to be. Autzen Stadium, Eugene, Oregon. The 10th ranked Ducks, the 19th ranked Colorado Buffaloes. The debut in Pac-12 play for Deion Sanders, Joe. A 14 and a half point spread last week at this time. in the early look ahead, now is a full three touchdowns. 21 points in favor of Oregon. Lisey, can Colorado keep it more competitive?
5: They can. It's now up over three touchdowns. 21 and a half, so more money coming in potentially on Oregon. Here's the bottom line. Can Colorado run the football a stitch only averaging 1.9 yards per carry? And can they protect the protection door Sanders? 16 sacks allowed. That can't happen. I give the inside edge to the physicality of Oregon offensive defensive lines and Bo Nix completing 77% of his passes and he's running the football lately. I think it's all Oregon. But again, nothing would shock me with Dion in this team right now.
4: Yeah, I mean, Joe, they were a 21 point underdog, of course, against TCU, right? And pulled off an outright upset nobody expected to see. But there are so many deficiencies defensively for Colorado that I think Oregon takes advantage of. I'm going to look at Bo Nicks on the ground when that price becomes available, Joe. Not out just yet, but you mentioned the Buffs have struggled running the football. 35 and a half is the rushing yards prop for Dylan Edwards, the lead back for Colorado in this matchup. I look at Oregon, Joe. If I was going to look anywhere and I'd look at their team total, you can estimate it around 45, 45 and a hook. I think Oregon can name their price in this matchup and go out there and get it. Again, I really worry about this Buffs defense against the Oregon Ducks. 45 and a half is that total for Colorado and Oregon, that team total for the Ducks. Elsewhere, Joe, in that slate, 11th ranked Utah hosts 22nd UCLA in the three. 3.30 p.m. Eastern time window in Rice-Eccles, Joe. It is hard to go to Salt Lake and get a road victory. Utah's won 16 consecutive at Rice-Eccles. The line is on the move, backing up Utah a little bit more because Cam Rising is back at practice. Rising Joe listed as the starting quarterback. If he starts, what is that line come kickoff tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time?
5: maybe six six and a half i could see a little more money coming in on utah i mean that's the matchup dante moore freshman quarterback on the road against a veteran secondary we talked about it they're giving up a buck 66 in the back end only have allowed one passing touchdown 52 percent completion percentage against opposing quarterbacks gonna be very difficult and with that home win streak i can only lean utah i mean at the end of the day i think it'll be one of the best games of the afternoon but somehow Some way I could see Utah winning anywhere from ten to thirteen points, Ben.
4: Yeah, Joe, physicality is the reason Kyle Whittingham has one of the most consistent programs in all of college football. Doesn't matter who, doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter when. Utah is going to bring that dominance up front, and we've seen it yet again. A top 10 rushing defense in the country to start this year. A really big test, though, out of Chip Kelly and the Bruins. 270 yards per game, Joe, on the ground for UCLA. So far, the third best rushing attack in the country. Carson Steele, the ball state transfer, 67 and a half the He's had 73 in the first three at least for UCLA. Maybe an angle there. I think Utah wins by at least a touchdown, Joe. I agree. Dante Moore in for the biggest test he has seen so far. The primetime slate, Joe. We'll look at the Pac-12 battle and the Palouse in Pullman tomorrow night. It is Washington State, 21st in the country, hosted 14th-ranked Oregon State. It's a three-point spread, Joe, in favor of the Beavs. Is this the real Pac-12 championship game?
5: I think it is, and I watched DJU struggle in the second half against an average, you know, San Diego State team. I know they won the ball game. Now he goes on the road. I think Cam Ward is the better quarterback, completing over seventy percent of his passes, and more importantly, Washington State sixty-one percent third down conversions on an offense that might carry through. I like Washington State in the mild upset. DJ Uyangalele,
4: last week against San Diego State, 14 of 30 for 284 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. He has scored a rushing score, four in total this year, but in every game so far, maybe in any time, TD price on DJU. Two marquee games in the primetime window. To break down for you quickly here on the other side of the break on Football Full Circle
1: You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. Six ranked
4: versus ranked matchups on a Saturday in college football. We've hit four of the six and Clemson Florida State, Joe. So let's round out with the two in primetime featuring three Big Ten teams. But Joe, we start with the top ten tilt under the watchful eye of Touchdown Jesus on Saturday night in South Bend. It is ninth ranked Notre Dame hosting sixth ranked Ohio State. The line's still three and a half in favor of the Bucs. Actually, Joe, it dropped to three in favor of Ohio State. Now it's locked as I see it. Anyway, the over-under in the mid-50s. Joe, the line in the offseason was 7.5 in favor of Ohio State. It has worked only to Notre Dame. Do you agree with that line movement?
5: Well, it got as high as 8.5 because I have a ticket with 8.5 in the offseason back in June. So, yeah, it's felt like a rock. Now, again, it's going to come down to the rushing attack. I believe in Notre Dame's ability to pound the rock. That's the weakness for Ohio State. I know it's down to three, but I can only look to Notre Dame and Sam Hartman in this
4: ball game, Ben. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to that rushing attack, Joe. We both brought this up in breaking down the game. You referenced Michigan, and people might think, why are you bringing up Michigan, a completely different program, a different style, a different type of athlete out there, whatever it might be, in a game against Ohio State for Notre Dame? Well, Michigan has laid out the track record in that physicality on the ground against the Buckeyes. If Jim Knowles shores it up, and so far this year, that Ohio State defense has been the best part of this team, then I think Ohio State stays in this football game. But if Odrick Estime runs over this Buckeyes defense, his prop tomorrow, 77 and a half, then it could be a long night in South Bend. And Notre Dame might improve to 5-0. and oh. Quickly here, Joe, in Happy Valley, Penn State, a 14 and a half point favorite against Iowa. The over-under, 39. Nine and a half. Lisey guy, what's the approach?
5: Yeah, uh, Penn State 41 and 8 straight up since 2016 at home, and Iowa only throwing for a buck 50. That's the difference. Penn State in a route! 39 and a
4: half is the total. That's a Big Ten football game, folks, for you <laughs> right there. He's Joe Lisi. I am Ben Stevens. You'll have more tomorrow on college football today at 9 a.m. Eastern. Football Full Circles back next week. Have a great weekend.